We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. Welcome back, you number one podcast listeners, to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I'm your host, Premel Bot, and this episode, I am joined by Ronda Rousey, bully, <laughs> all-around artist, Thomas Lewis. Welcome Absolutely. back to the show, man. <laughs> Absolutely listing the real estate I have in Ronda Rousey's brain on Zillow. Like, there's just, I gotta, I gotta have, supplement my Haven't income. seen her lately. Haven't seen her lately, she's and I have hiding. to think she's, you have something hiding. to do with it. I made a new Twitter account. She's radio silent. <laughs> radio silent. <laughs> I'm just saying, anytime. Thomas, thanks for joining me. It's been a while since I've had you on here, but um, I'm happy to have you back on Prem Brulee. Yeah, perfect. I, I love doing these things. I actually have a snow day. Like, I'm not going into work today. So when you texted me, I was like, yeah, I can actually fucking do that. It, so actually, like, it actually worked out perfectly. Yeah, because I'm normally swamped. Like, I don't have 20. Yeah. You number one podcast listeners, when I say Thomas is a busy man and an all-around artist, he really is. He's, like, doing a million different things so oh yeah it's dumb it's i stretch way too thin with that stuff but also shout out to you thomas is directly responsible for this fire album cover that we have for prem brulee so you can thank him for that that's true and and the photographer, the photographer. my girl talia she threw it down and it yeah turned out amazing and i i still love it to this day didn't think I'd like staring at myself that much. Yeah, she killed it. It was that. No, that's an awesome album art. Like sometimes, I mean, it's weird because like I'm an artist, but like sometimes I see things and I'm like, okay, I fucking killed it. And like that's one of those times where I'm like, all right, this is perfect. You know? Absolutely. Anyway, without further ado, you know how we do things. Yeah, Famer Nas up first, and I wanted to get your take since the Super Bowl is coming up. Um, I kind of stole this topic, but I wanted to get your take on whether this Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, is the best QB matchup in history. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is dominating headlines. Is it the best QB matchup in history? And just to get uh, you number one podcast listeners' mind thinking, if you're trying to figure out which were the other good matchups, um, some candidates. Uh, We had Roger Staubach versus Terry Bradshaw in the 70s. Cowboys-Steelers always went back and forth with titles. Uh, Dan Marino, I think it was the only Super Bowl he ever made early in his career facing yeah. uh, Joe Montana. Uh, you obviously had at the end of both their careers, well, not really Favre's, but the end of John Elway's career, Elway versus Favre. And then finally you had the uh, Manning versus Breeze Super Bowl where Breeze won his one title, uh, your boy Drew Breeze. So, yeah, fam or nah, to this being the best QB matchup in history. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be seeing the best and second best quarterback of all time. This will be the Super Bowl. I'm not sure what order they even end up in. Yeah. At, you know, I hammered Mahomes before he was even drafted. <laughs> I was like, this guy could be the goat. And everyone was making fun of me. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But in terms of actual skill, like Brady's still great. But like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the greatest quarterback matchup. I think the best quarterback duel we've ever seen was probably Brady versus Foles in terms of actual quarterback play in a Super Bowl. But other than that, I I think it's got to be Manning versus Breeze in terms of where they ended up so far. Like, do I love Mahomes? Yeah, but is he even top 10 of all time right now? No. Manning and Breeze are in everybody's top 10. So are Marino and Montana, but, I mean, it's tough. Marino's, like, lower to me. I think Elway sucked, Um, and I never thought he was great. Like, he's just – I don't even know how to explain it, but – 
Staubach versus Bradshaw, both of those guys sucked. Uh, there's no like quarterbacks before like the 80s were just garbage. <laughs> like they're so Great. bad. Bradshaw would throw like nine touchdowns and 16 picks, and they'd make they'd send him to the Pro Bowl, and it was it makes absolutely no sense but yeah i I, threw for the most yards ever it's like at two thousand yards yeah exactly exactly they're like oh yeah new career high (laughs) in 70 yards taysom Taysom hills throwing it off the bench in new orleans taysom hill would be the greatest quarterback of all time if you believe in the they've never seen a specimen like that yeah although he wouldn't be a quarterback in the 70s no, he probably wouldn't even be a football player. He'd be a door-to-door salesman because they were mean back then. But uh, <laughs> i got to save it for yeah, another no. time, my stance on Taysom Hill and how the Saints absolutely played themselves with him. I keep forgetting that. Oh, yeah. My friends have heard, we are. heard my rants in person. I have a friend who's a Saints fan, and she she's, like, obviously biased. Like, oh, it's obviously working out. It's like, no, they wasted their chance by just totally ruining the flow of their yeah. game in Drew Brees. The little bit of oomph he still had left they were ruining his flow by putting in this freak of nature dude who can't looks awkward in pads almost yeah what makes no sense there is they actually had Jameis. so if they wanted to yeah. go two quarterbacks get rid of wait for breeze to go away like Jameis could probably he's athletic enough to move around and make weird shit happen like yeah. that play in the playoffs yeah exactly he threw like a seven exa- like you could put breeze is the complete opposite of Taysom. but Taysom hill's almost all, too yoked yeah. he's like shot putting the football yeah it's weird but do i think that this is the best playoff matchup in history i think we're about to see some wild quarterback play i don't know brady wants to win this so fucking bad like you could just this will be the most important one outside of the first to him a hundred percent yeah so i'm i'm a yeah fam to this i think it's not necessarily like i know tom brady's at the end of his career and mahomes is just pretty much starting but I think, uh, like you said, kind of when it's all said and done, we're going to look back and be like, wow, these two actually played each other. And I love the analogy. I think I, I won't take credit for it. I think I heard it on ESPN. But they were like, this would be like if uh, LeBron and MJ faced each other and it's almost like the same age gap between them. So I kind of like that yeah. comparison to like actually see them on the same football field. So uh, more on that later. I, I know we'll make our picks in um, – and who you got. So uh, we'll focus on that a little later, but I'm a, I'm a yeah fan to that. Oh, and you kind of hinted at it. I wanted to, a quick reaction. Do you think anyone can be considered like a future goat, like a future greatest of all time? Cause yeah. I feel like yep. people are calling Mahomes baby goat and I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge yeah to that. Of course. I'm, I'm a nod uh, of that. I don't think like you can be, it's oh, like, come it, on. it's in the name, like greatest of all time. And you can't be like in the process. Like I feel like you have to look back on it and say, or at Bro, least like, everyone knew. Everyone knew that they were like LeBron when LeBron was a high schooler. He's taking fucking algebra. <laughs> he everyone's like, this guy's coming after Jordan. Yeah, like, so it I was, get that it, they didn't wait nine years into his career then say, oh, he might catch Jordan. Like you can just you can sense it when someone starts on like such a crazy trajectory. And shit like that, you're like, this guy's on his way. Do I think that I can call Mahomes the future GOAT? No. But do I think that he has the best chance to be? Yes, I do agree with that. Yeah, this like that's all it comes down and in you know five years if there's another one if Mahomes is tailed off and like obviously isn't on that the the goalposts will move and right. someone else will be the next thing but I, I I don't think there's a way you can look at what LeBron does and compare him to Jordan through when he was 18 True. and not like people knew Curry like the first year he balled out I mean he was great but we had a lot of ankle injuries early on but people were saying he was the best shooter ever 
already. And he had barely, you know, he wasn't even near Ray Allen or any of those guys, but Reggie Miller or any of them. But you knew you were just like, this guy's going to be the greatest shooter. And he was. So, I mean, there's no I think we're in the same boat with Mahomes. Like, do I think it can go either way? Yeah. Is it likely he's the guy that competes with Brady? Yeah, I can buy that. I'm cool. So, yeah, I'm a yeah. All right. Big yeah. All right. So uh, let's move over to the NBA. And as we're starting to make our way through the season, we have a little bit of basketball under our belt. But I wanted to get your yeah, fam or not, like a little quick reaction to see if these teams are NBA title contenders. So give me a yeah, fam or not as I list okay. these teams off. And then we'll talk a little bit about the teams we want to discuss here. Uh, first up, okay. the Lakers. Yeah, fam or not? Yeah, LeBron is unfathomable. Yeah, 100%. Okay, the Clippers. Yeah, fam or not? And I'm talking like actual title contenders lift up the Larry yeah. O'Brien trophy. I'm going to go with no. Uh, Paul George doesn't have – he's not clutch. Yeah. And you can, and Kawhi's just what not – I mean, Kawhi's great, yeah. but he's just not that guy to carry the team by himself. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a nom. We're in agreement so far. How about this one? The new-look Brooklyn Nets. No, mentally weak. And the defense is just a trip. Yeah. I think they're going to wind up with some buyouts and get some players, but yeah. man, the defense is like historically bad. It's on pace for the worst ever. Mentally, while their weak. offense yep. is the best. Yeah, totally. Okay, <laughs> uh, the Sixers. Yeah, I'm a yeah. nod of this one. I do. I'm a uh, the I think they're going to trail off. I I do too. But in playoff basketball, do I? I I'm picturing it possession after possession. If we have a healthy Embiid, who's going to be able to bang with Embiid for seven games? That's all. Yeah. That's the only reason I think Embiid might just be straight up the old school giant that bullies everybody. Good point. All right. How about the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, fam or not? No, I think Giannis is mentally weak too. I'm an out of this one as well. Yeah. Okay. What about the Jazz? Yeah, fam or not? I'm going to go yeah. I'm iffy on this one. I'm going to go with nah. When in doubt, I'm going to go with nah. I know they're the top of the West as we are recording this right now. <laughs> yes. So these six teams we discussed are the top three in the East and the West. So um, those are kind of why I picked them. If you're wondering why the Celtics aren't on there, I think yeah. they're fourth in the East, that sort of thing. And for the record, I'm a nod of the Celtics as well. So pretty much I'm like... If if you ask me Lakers of the field, I'm taking the Lakers right now because I don't think anyone's a yeah. legitimate enough contender to beat that team and they somehow improved from their title last year hilariously the only team that even could give them a shot and this is the only reason i think they're yeah is the sixers because i do think yeah. ben could de- defend lebron and i think Embiid could defend davis and then it just comes right. down to the shooters around them you know yeah who who does better and i yeah. think the sixer sixers made some like really nice moves with like seth yeah. curry on their team is just ridiculous that they dumping al and, horford was unbelievable yes like, was so unreal good. move. <laughs> it like, was it was a perfect move and tobias harris is playing like if doc rivers is good for one thing it's tobias harris like yep. somehow this guy plays out of his mind when doc rivers is his coach yeah so, well, and good for him honestly but yeah i yeah. think that i think that that's the reason the six who's the third best laker dennis schroeder yeah, I guess Montreal so. Harrell or something. Yeah. I, I do think Tobias Harris has the uh, edge there. So I, that would yeah. be a good series. But that's also the only reason I think the Sixers have a shot is they match up versus the Lakers well. And I yeah. think that the Lakers are the team that, that's going to walk into the West. Luckily, the Nets have plenty of seasons. So if they did happen to improve any on defense, which any person's going to make any bit of difference, maybe they have a chance. But you're right. I don't I don't love the the mental fortitude of that team. Yeah, no, they're fucking mentally weak. <laughs> yep. You know, kick snake, yeah. flat earth Irving. 
I don't even I don't even hate like KD like in his quitting mentality and all that, but like you could just tell he's a fucking loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> like could Kevin Durant pick me up and throw me thirty yards? A hundred percent. But he's a fucking loser. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's just like you can tell looking at him like he pretends he doesn't care and it's just so obvious oh, he yeah. does Super care. Super sensitive. Yeah, like I don't know. It's mentally weak. I think Harden's weak and I think Kyrie thinks he's way smarter than he is. Oh yeah, you I mean you've heard my rants. Number one podcast listeners, you have uh, Thomas, so we don't need to harp on how I feel about those Ugh. three yet. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, Major League Baseball, um, the MLB Hall of Fame specifically. So this year was the first time since 2013 there were no inductees. Uh, Kurt Schilling was the closest to the 75% of votes threshold at 71.1%. That was 16 votes short. Um in case you're wondering, Barry Bonds finished at 61.8% of votes and Roger Clemens 61.6%. Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens are all on their ninth year of eligibility out of 10. Uh, so they have one more shot to get in. And then uh, the only other person uh, with more than f- uh, half the votes was Scott Rowland at 52.9%. Haven't heard that name in a while. I actually don't know who that is. <laughs> He's on the Cardinals for, I think, maybe his whole career. I have I think no third idea base, who that is. Third baseman. Number 27. I remember that from no my M- uh, MVP baseball days. I could not. I can't fact check any of what you're saying. So <laughs> you could be like, yeah, Scott Rowland's my dad. And I'd be like, sure, yeah. <laughs> Well, we could guarantee that. We could guarantee he's not my dad. I'll I'll tell you that. So you could trust me. Yeah. So uh, in case you miss it, I said they're in their their ninth year of eligibility. So players get 10 shots at enshrinement via the baseball writer's vote before they move into consideration by the Hall of Fame's odd. They have like era-based veterans committees that you can then get in after your 10 years as well. Yeah, fam or not? that people like Bonds or Clemens should be in. I feel like we debate this every year, but um, I think it's relevant, especially now, especially with no inductees. I feel like we do have this debate every year, and I'm just going to – this is actually kind of an easy one to me. The Hall of Fame itself is a different discussion, but on Bonds and Clemens, there's no middle ground. Either they are barred from the Hall of Fame and they shouldn't be up for vote, or they should be in the Hall of Fame. There's yeah. absolutely no middle ground. There's no room for wiggle room. Even if you t- – like Bonds makes no sense. Even if you took away Bonds' steroid years, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Yes. I, it makes – either bar them or let them in. If they're making them wait for the 10th year out of some sort of punishment, that's so, that's Kevin Durant levels of mental weakness. Like that's so pathetic. Like just let them in or let them out. Baseball, you know, is great. It is a game of history. Like, you know, people really don't care too much about World Series on a player level in baseball. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm kind of either let them in or tell them they're out. And Kurt Schilling's right, like, about being out. He's like, don't fucking vote me in. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, he, it, he should. Barry Bond should have done the same thing. Year, year three, they should have done it. They should have been like, this is fucking insane. Obviously, yeah. I'm being blackballed or my steroids yeah, or just, shittiness. Let's just yeah. skip ahead. Like, yeah. are you ever are you going to use any point in this 10 years to warm up to me? And his votes have gone up. But it's like who what cha- I'm guessing nothing changes. Just the writer cycled out like certain people probably retired and new ones came in. Yeah. And it's so- probably still the old heads keeping keeping those guys out. In, in or out with these guys. In or out yes. with these guys. There's no, there's zero middle ground. You cannot make a case that as a player, 
these players do not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. There's zero case. But if you want to make the case for like bonds or whatever as like a steroid use and all that stuff and you're just going to keep them out entirely – don't put them up for vote. Keep them out entirely, yeah. and it's over. But but let's, you know, baseball needs the headlines. Energy. Baseball needs the headlines. I guess so. Being dominated by other sports. Yep, so. they need the headlines. So so for me, I'm a yeah fan. They absolutely should be into. Yeah, I think the Hall of Fame should be off baseball merits alone. And the Hall of Fame, I think it has a job to tell the complete story of baseball. You can't tell it without people, especially like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. It's just doesn't make any sense. So I heard this interesting take. I think, uh, not think, I know it was on uh, ESPN's Mina Kimes was on Around the Horn and she won. They give them their little soapbox if they win the episode, right? And she had the suggestion that I love to fix the Hall of Fame. She said, admit players based on their game alone, but only honor a select few at the ceremony. So like essentially let these writers have be on their high horses and choose who they celebrate. So, like, someone like Ken Griffey Jr. would get this whole ceremony, but these other players should get in off their baseball. Yeah. I personally love that. I think it's, like, a compromise between these, like, old head people that want to be, like, gatekeepers of Baseball Hall of Fame and keep it clean, even though they've, without a doubt, admitted people that probably have a cloudy history that they just don't know yet. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, um, you kind of mentioned it, uh, Kurt Schilling like we talked about, was in his ninth year. He requested to be removed from the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot next year in his 10th and final year of eligibility by the Baseball Writers Association of America. He said, quote, I will not participate in the final year voting. I'm requesting to be removed from the ballot. I'll defer to the Veterans Committee and men whose opinions actually matter and who are in a position to actually judge a player. Rare. Damn, that's pretty fucking... That's mean. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so... Me of all people, being the petty man I am, I hate how righteous and subjective the Baseball Writers Association of America is with the Hall of Fame. I mean, we're talking about a group that somehow managed to not induct Ken Griffey Jr. unanimously. They somehow, it was like 99.7%. There's still someone like with the fucking gall to not vote him in on the first ballot. But this move by Schilling kind of reeks of that neighborhood kid who takes his ball and goes home. I mean, it just screams like, to me, a sore-ass loser. Your own post-career actions and hate speech got you to this point. This dude went from playing Game 6 of the 2004 ALCS with a bloody sock to not being able to deal with his feelings being hurt. I couldn't couldn't disagree more with you. I couldn't. I I don't care. Take his ball and go home. If he's straight up saying, fuck it, obviously my hate speech. I I don't think that this is like uh the, the a sore loser thing i think this is more of like imagine you you win the game and you're playing some child and they just keep changing the rules like you know how fucking kids do that they'll be like oh it's first one <laughs> to two and then they're like oh it's actually first to three it's like he obviously deserves to be in the hall of fame or he's yes. barred either way he wants closure and i'm cool with that like he got the closure he wants if he pulls his name from the last season of voting he knows he's not going to go in he's I'm okay with that. This doesn't reek of take your ball and going home because that's like to me when someone does that, that means they're not getting like their way and they're leaving. But I think he's just comfortable. He's like, fuck it. Like not my problem. Like I'll get in on the guys that matter. <laughs> that's that's how I see it. I mean you could see it that way, but you'd be wrong. It's fine. 
Oh my god, so cocky. So well, well, so- well, Kurt. Well, 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 <laughs> Kurt and Thomas. If it isn't the consequences of your own actions. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You opened your stupid mouth. You would have got in easily, but you had to be this fucking racist, xenophobe, like. You know this group is fucking petty as hell and gatekeepers, and yeah. you still open your fat mouth. Your no, stupid, I mean, stupid mouth. Shilling sucks. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not hanging with shilling. I think I, that's I, where I'm like, I know you're sticking with your point. Like, you're either in or you're out, and let's keep that same energy. But for me, it's like, yes, he absolutely should be in. But this is like, okay, you have one more year, and they're not going to take him off the ballot. And if they vote him in, he's still going to fucking show up to the ceremony. Yeah, 100%. Million percent, and he's trending that way. He needs 16 votes. I would imagine this would be that scenario where they wait till 10 years, which is still shitty by them. But it seems that I mean, he's 16 votes short, so I would imagine they would. But maybe this move prevents him from doing that. Ironically, yeah, no, I see that. Anyway, you already know what time it is. Joker hit it, baby. I'm petty as hell, and I'm super petty. Here we petty, petty LePew. Go. All right, you number one podcast listeners. It's time for you played yourself. Thomas, I'm excited to have you on this section because uh, it always gets extra spicy with you here. I love since you. Did, since I had a, like a pre-you played yourself and you already disagree with me, so this should be get really interesting. Yeah. Uh, especially because the whole basis of this section was like Kevin Durant has zero rings and you somehow see history different than what actually happened. So yeah 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 no that's great and the the election was or was not stolen just out of curiosity <laughs> i'm just i just i'm trying to find concrete facts out of you let's get it was a not stolen it oh, was okay not okay stolen. okay so you okay i got it got it yeah this is how it works we know the ground rules here <laughs> it's your world i'm just living in it so, <laughs> absolutely yeah. you already know the vibes all right first up you already know a uh, big hockey guy over here go go jackets go hockey resident hockey expert um <laughs> Uh, you played yourself goes to Pierre Luc Dubois for not wanting to play in Columbus. Don't ever play My guy, don't, ever play don't let yourself. that Zamboni hit you on yourself. the way out. As a hockey expert, hockey's wild, man. We have players not wanting to live in Columbus, and then they get traded to Winnipeg. You fucking played yourself. Go Jackets, you go hockey, yourself. baby. But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Yeah, he deserves this one. I saw a meme that was like, me and Dubois don't want to live in Columbus, and I thought it was fucking <laughs> hilarious. But, uh, I mean, living in Winnipeg or Canada as a whole just sucks on, on such yeah. a serious level. So, go ahead. You want to be a fucking loser up there? Whatever. I don't give a shit. That's taking your Peace ball out. and going home, except yeah. your new home is Winnipeg. So, enjoy. Petty alert. Sucks Petty to be alert. Petty alert. All right. Next up, the Los Angeles Rams. They just traded Jared Goff, the last player they took in the first round, over to the Detroit Lions. Um the LA Rams are not scheduled to make another first round pick anytime soon. Um, since trading up the year they drafted Jared Goff, which if you remember, I think they're around 15 that year. Yep. They traded up to get him. They will not have a first round pick from 2017 through 2023. Their latest trade, uh, like I mentioned, sent Jared Goff and two first round picks in 2022 and 2023, along with the third round pick this upcoming draft. Uh, to the Lions, they in exchange for Matthew Stafford. So um, this kind of kicks off the QB carousel that's going to get wild in the NFL offseason. Um, but this is more you played yourself for the LA Rams not having a first-round pick in years. Um, just to kind of recap, 
they have accumulated quite a bit of talent, and they are going all in with the Stafford trade. Uh, essentially, they don't have picks to build up their team. They're going with the roster they have and hoping to, for not to have any injuries. Um, but just a little recap of some of the trades they've made. The first couple picks they lost were a result of the Jared Goff trade, obviously, to trade up. The the price is doing business. They had um, at least one of them to acquire Brandon Cooks, who, yes, you guessed it, is no longer yeah. on their team. Traded um, back one year into the yes, second. They tr- yes, they were at the end. That was the right after the year they made the Super Bowl. So they were around like, I think they're the 31st pick. So they traded out. They didn't really like anyone, picked up extra picks, whatever. And then the ones after that, Jalen Ramsey, obviously he's a top cornerback. But this is more about them literally not giving a shit about first round picks essentially for seven, eight years. I mean, they're just um, doubling down over and over and over again. That's all that's yes. happening. They're basically saying, well, we have no assets, um, so we can't really make picks or huge improvements. How do we make an improvement? They leverage their future. They just keep leveraging their future. But, you know, if someone is going to keep letting them trade for improvements with their first-round picks, they actually never really need their first-round picks. Um, True. Because, like, Donald and everyone in the league would have traded two firsts for Jalen Ramsey. Absolutely yes. everyone in the league would have done it. Um, that was like – that was my top trade that they made over the yeah. history. Like I wasn't yeah. going to bring up those, but it more adds to the story of like the streak of years. Yeah. They're just honestly, and it's not a horrible strategy because the way the Rams capped is right now, they were fucked in 2022, 2023 anyway. Like their yeah. Super Bowl window is legitimately like this year and maybe next year, just depending on what happens. So their their 2023 Rams are not the problem of the 2021 Rams. So I totally get it. Keep leveraging the future. Get, see if someone wants the 24. The NFL doesn't even let you trade that far ahead. You can only trade three years ahead at a time, but I, they'll I don't do know. it as soon as possible. Yeah, as soon as that get that gets recharged, that pick's gone. <laughs> like there's no. Also, like bo- bonus, you played yourself. They just paid Jared Goff and uh, Sean McVay. I think it was a year and a half ago said they could win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So evidently yeah. that changed in a year and a half, and he's already on his way to Detroit. Do, I don't think Goff is like a world beater, but I do think he's a good enough quarterback to win you a Super yeah. Bowl. I think McVay's actually worse than people think he is, and this is going to be problematic, and we'll see what happens. But McVay's offense is unique in the sense of it runs really only, this isn't even a joke, maybe 10, 15 different plays. Um this and they all look exactly the same pre-snap so really oh yeah so it's actually kind of genius but the problem is the games that they lose they lose horribly because the defense figured it out right so like that bears game a couple years ago and there was a broncos game a couple years ago the pats in the super bowl like the problem there is that and i don't know if it was mcveigh limiting it for golf or if this is just what McVeigh is going to do, and I guess now we're going to find out. But they run the same exact thing every single time. They it's there's it's like they're spamming a play in Madden, and and it's it's kind of wild to see that it's working the way it is. And don't every now and then they come out in five wide, and the defense actually has no idea what to do, and that's all part of McVeigh's genius. But they straight up run the same play, like they run the same ten plays three or four times a game. And they all look exactly the same pre-snap. So the defense has no idea which one of the plays is coming. So it's smart, but I don't even know if you need a great quarterback to execute those. So we'll see. We will find out. And uh, 
I'm excited for this QB carousel. Uh, I'm I'm sure you Same. are too. It's like appeals to every video game player's history. Like, Do you see uh, Kirk Cousins is now on that carousel? Is he really? Yeah, apparently the Niners made an offer for Kirk Cousins today. Wow, that Kyle Shanahan really loves him. I mean, to be honest, Kirk gets zero credit. That Vikings offense is a fucking mess. Zimmer can't get out of his own way there. Like, it is what it is. But I, that, I, I that it, would be it, a sought after quarterback gig. The Vikings all of a sudden you have yep, you have Jefferson and Thielen, Thielen, and, yeah, and Dalvin, Cook. and Dalvin Cook behind you, yeah. Yeah, no, that would definitely be sought after. But I think if the Niners straight up want to just give that first to the Vikings for Cousins, the Niners and Vikings would both smash yes. The Vikings wow. get out of that horrible contract, and the 49ers instantly become Super Bowl contenders, and the Vikings can go and get a quarterback, you know, draft somebody. The last time for this sure. team drafted a good quarterback was like Frank, Dante Culpepper, literally, wow. in, in 1998 or 99. So, I mean, that's a long time to not even draft a decent quarterback. Sheesh. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Well, this should get interesting. I'm I'm excited. This is a nice kickoff to it. I wasn't expecting an exchange of quarterbacks. I was more kind of expecting that they were all going to hit the free agent market. But um, at least this is a, a nice first step. Yeah, 100%. All right, um, my next You Played Yourself is for LaMelo Ball coverage. Fam, ESPN, SportsCenter, Bleacher Report, they are getting fucking crazy with these LaMelo Ball posts. They're just showing us routine-ass yeah. plays, <laughs> and they're a step away from posting a video of him like taking a breather. They're going to be like, hey, look at how he sits. You just don't see rookies using a towel to wipe off sweat like that. <laughs> this is what we're getting after. I, I'm guessing if you ran the numbers, it'd be like LeBron James post number one and LaMelo Ball probably too. I'm a LaMelo guy. Um, I've always been, so I'm, I kind of almost just want to sit here quietly. But uh, <laughs> it, it, Listen, it, it's – it's nothing against LaMelo specifically. It's like I saw a play where he like he like stole inbound pass great and he yeah. just put up a wide open three and they're like, Look at this incredible basketball play. It's I, just a routine fucking play. <laughs> I get it, but LaMelo is a rare talent and he's a household name. So it's gonna get it's actually gonna get worse. Like it's gonna get way, oh, way I, worse. I already sense it. How boring were Shaq highlights back then? He bat someone down for 45 minutes and then just turned True. around and threw a dunk when he was under the hoop. And then he just stuck his tongue out at the camera and everyone was like, that's Superman, baby. So <laughs> yeah, you got to Well, my favorite was I think it was like on Arvidas Sabonis or something and he shoves him over after he dunks yep. on him. Oh, yeah. He was, but his highlights were all the same exact thing. Shaq True, did one thing over and over no, again. Nobody's seen a specimen like that. It'd be like if Taysom yeah. Hill actually played in the 70s. Exactly. Like, what the fuck is – it'd be like, what is that? Yes. This isn't a joke. I think, like, in the 90s when people were, like, lacing up their shoes and shit, and then the Shaq walked out of the tunnel, it had to be what all the fucking fairy tale characters saw when Shrek walked <laughs> out of the thing. They were like, this motherfucker is going to kill us. Like, there's – what are we supposed to do? This is his swamp, and we got to get out. Like, there's – Can you imagine being the other center on the opposite team? No. I'd retire. I'd be like, oh, coach, yeah, I don't no feel so good tonight. Yeah. Like, imagine being a Sacramento Kings fan and, like, like thinking, oh no, we have a chance, and you're suiting up Vlade Divac to guard yeah. Shaq. 
There's nothing you can do. There's no There's... way to defend Shaq. It's like trying to defend Megatron. It's just like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? He's actually the biggest, fastest guy out here. There's you imagine I have... being a, a coach being like, get your body in front of him. Like, coach, no, you fucking do it. Did I ever tell you when I played against Kyrie in AAU? No. Oh, my God. I'll give you this real, real quick. He was on the Roadrunners, and, and his team like won every year. Like That was the team. So we're at this tournament in Philly, and it was uh, it's like uh, 82 teams or something like that. And you play, and you go home, and it's over like a weekend. You play like two, three games or whatever it is. And uh, I think we were actually like the 81 seed or something. It was horrible. <laughs> but anyway, so we're, Kyrie is there, and I, we grew up in the same general neighborhood, and no joke, he I, he had dumped like 50 on me and my, my dad's there and he's like play up on him i'm like fuck no if i play up on him he's gonna cross me over and i'm gonna end up on youtube so i just sat i did the best thing i could i sat there and i was like you want to settle for jumpers i won't even contest them buddy like go ahead yeah, I'm, I'm not about to fall on my ass absolutely yeah 100 percent. i was just like so nervous and then when he got drafted number one i called my dad and i was like oh just play up on him just fucking play up on him uh i got one steal on Kyrie though but zero points he clamped me wow. down yeah i had like i, I think Listen, I had six... you'll always have that moment we lost by like almost 60 like it wasn't even <laughs> relatively close and i remember th- he wasn't even the guy like he dominated he actually dropped like 40 or 50 on me i forget but um yeah no i got one steal on him so that was nice and i got like four assists out but i honestly think i had two points and both were at the line on separate occasions so i only went 50 percent at the line Listen, so. nobody has to know that your stat sheet stuffer yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna start lying and show a picture of me guarding Kyrie and be like clamps, and just like the, the smoke out of the nose emoji. <laughs> the caption's just gonna be play up on him. Yeah, I, honestly, I, my my dad play up on him. Like, are you seeing this? Like this guy, hey, the ball has to be on a string for this guy. There's zero I could do. It's just bigger, faster, stronger. But that's how I imagine it is to guard Shaq. Or you know, like I was slow when I played school ball, like back in middle school, or whatever, and. I always had to play like the five, but I wasn't tall enough to play the five. So it was just a whole bunch of that. Like, the fuck you want me to do? My hands are straight up. I'm trying to put a body. But at some point, they're just going to be able to shoot. They have a whole head on me. Yeah, I'm actually better now that I'm fatter, like even as a guard. Like, I know it's a joke, but because I have like more weight to throw around, I feel like I feel like I'm a little better now defensively and even offensively because like. When I go in there, even to lay up, I'm like just a bigger force. I was never dunking it anyway. My ass isn't getting off the ground. I'm five ten. <laughs> not I'm not going anywhere like that. But five five. I'm six foot in heels though, so that counts. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Where the fuck were we? I think we were talking about Lamelo. Yeah, whatever. F- fuck the Lamelo ball coverage, <laughs> which you don't just you don't agree he, with. He's good, but he gets way too much coverage. I agree. Next up, I got a couple NFL ones. Uh, These are the two teams that got uh, eliminated in championship weekend. First up, the Green Bay Packers. You played yourself. So Aaron Rodgers, after the Packers NFC championship game loss, said, quote, a lot of guys' futures that are, you know, uncertain, myself included. That's what's sad about it most. Just the uncertainties is tough and the finality of it all, end quote. So in response to that, uh, the Packers CEO, Mark Murphy, said, Quote, we're not idiots. Aaron Rodgers will be back. He's our leader. So the guy who said we're not idiots is also a guy whose team drafted a quarterback in the first round last year, 
um, and probably is a direct result or at least consequence, someone that could have been used all year, let alone this championship game, um, away from all pro Devontae Adams and maybe uh, lessen the load carried on by the two of them. But anyway, they're not idiots. They want you to know they're not idiots. Meanwhile, Jordan Love is on their roster who they used a first-round pick on last year. Guys, we're really smart. Like, I swear. We're so smart. I swear. Like, believe me. Believe me. Why would I lie about this? I'm smart. Why would I make this up? (laughs) Exactly. It's like my knowledge of Scott Rowland. Yeah, I actually genuinely have zero knowledge of who that is. Like I can't. I'm gonna Google it after this and be like, is it me or is like, do, do people know this guy? Like, is we, this like we might we might just have to call this episode Scott Rowland. I just I genuinely have never heard that name before in my life. Like I don't I I, <laughs> I played MVP baseball. Like I <laughs> I don't remember it. I should know these. I'm he gonna, looks like what you think Scott Rowland looks like. I imagine that's a guy who tells me I'm bending trading cards. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> what Scott Rowland looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That is crazy. Wow. Yeah, this guy is just like a dad out there. Maybe future Hall of Famer Scott Rowland. I think he's been on a bunch of teams. Uh, I I rec- I know him most from the Cardinals, at least. I feel like that's where he got four teams. Yeah, he only played for the Cardinals five years. <laughs> I think that's where he won. His, they probably won. The- yeah, he did. I don't think okay. this guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. These, these accolades are <laughs> terrible. I'm just looking at these seven All-Stars. Okay, whatever. World Series champ, team thing. NL Rookie of the Year. I guess eight Golden Gloves is pretty nice. <laughs> you got to the Golden Gloves, and I was like, eh, that's pretty, that's, that's a lot. Pretty good, so, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty good. That's, I think you could tell the story of baseball without Scott Rowland, evidenced by the fact that I love baseball and have literally never heard the name Scott Rowland. <laughs> Poor fucking guy. I'm gonna, how many Instagram followers does Scott Rowland have? 90? Um, what, he seems like the type that might not have an Instagram or it's private. Yeah, why why would he lock up his Instagram though? What's he hiding? I don't know. I feel like it's just like ah, nobody cares. Yeah, no, but all right, cool. Scott Rowland sucks. Not <laughs> not that great. Okay, next up, back to football. Bills. The Buffalo Bills are obviously in the AFC. They got beat by the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So their head coach Sean McDermott. Obviously, Coach of the Year candidate, I would think, like, off the top of my head, he probably is my pick for Coach of the Year. He was asked about the Bills kicking field goals in their 38-24 to loss to the Chiefs. And he said the following, quote, The one before half, I really felt like morale was a big piece, of, piece to that. Wait, first of all, you're not going to speed past that. They had momentum. They were getting the ball after half as well, and I felt like we needed to come away with points at that one. Even though sometimes analytics may say one thing, whether it said it or not on our chart, I think there's human element to the game at the end of the day, and I felt like we needed to come away with points. End quote. You said it. Like, fucking, are you kidding me? The the one before half was to go down, just for context, for them to go down 21-12. to 12 To a team that just scored three straight touchdowns on you after you were up 9-0. to zero. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that 12th, that 10th, 11th, and 12th point going to provide you? And what the fuck does morale matter? You're trying to get to a Super Bowl. This isn't peewee. Yeah. This isn't like you in AAU, like, say, playing Kyrie Irving. (laughs) Excuse me? That was a fair fair fight. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding, man. That was a low blow. That was a low blow. You put the clamps on Kyrie Irving. That was As far as everyone knows. 
Yeah. Stat sheet stuffer. It's all the stuff that doesn't show up. It's like the plus minus was crazy for you for your game that time. You're not wrong. I've not wrong. Never told a lie. But anyway, you played yourself, Sean McDermott. After such a good season, why you got to say stupid shit like that? Like these are grown men in an NFL locker room trying to get to a Super Bowl. Why would you? Why do you need to worry about morale? Like if you lose, there's no morale anyway. You don't get yeah. to hang your hat on the fact that you only lost by two touchdowns at the end of the day, or you got you only went down nine at half instead of trying to go for. I think they were at like the two yard line or something, a fourth and goal where they kicked that field goal, and everyone knew you got to go for it there. Like if you're talking about momentum, yes, they had all the momentum, which is precisely why they know they had you when you kicked a fucking field goal at the end of the half. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, it was a dumb move. It was dumb, and McDermott fucked up, and then he's just trying to find excuses. I wish he just said, I fucked up. Yeah, exactly. That's all we wanted to hear, and he made it about morale, which makes it worse. Yeah, I hate that. He, but he pulled the old, nothing. like, speaking of, like, Kyrie Irving, it's just like, just, it'd be better if you didn't open your mouth sometimes. Like, you're trying to seem smart, like, but you're overthinking it made you seem dumb. Yeah. No, 100%. Right. Now it's time for who you got and what you're feeling. Um, and a little recap of the last episode. Uh, my cousin Roshan was on with me, and we made our picks for who we thought was going to make the Super Bowl. Um, we both went uh, Packers and Chiefs. We obviously were one for two. Uh, in Roshan's fairness, he was rooting for Tom Brady and the Bucks because his argument was he he thought Rodgers was worse than Brady in terms of likeness. So um, I'm not disagreeing with him, but I guess he's kind of right. We'll, we'll call it kind of. Yeah, that's a, that's a somewhat right. Somewhat right, yeah. And then yeah. we obviously both got the Chiefs right. We also talked about the best head coaching hire uh, of the vacancies. Since then, uh, when we – last episode, the Texans hadn't hired their new head coach. They have now. They hired David Culley. He was a former Ravens assistant coach, a longtime coach, a whole bunch of places. Um, that is looking like it's going to do – make no impact on Deshaun Watson staying or going because he has formally requested a trade for the record. Um, We were talking about which ones we liked the most, and I loved the Robert Sala hire. Uh, He loved the Arthur Smith hire. I think we both agreed with each other's. Did you have a take on that? Did you have a particular hire that you liked, Thomas? Um, I hated Nick Sirianni. I liked Arthur Smith. Uh, I don't like Brandon Staley. I like Dan Campbell because who gives a fuck? Um, I think Urban Meyer was the best hiring. Really? Yeah, I do. I think Urban Meyer is going to change that culture around. I I don't think Urban Meyer is a guy that can stick somewhere for 10 years. I think he's a guy that goes in somewhere, changes the culture, has a nice protege, and then kind of amps him up to take over, and that's it. Then Urban gets all the credit, and right before shit hits the fan or it's about to get tough, (laughs) he'll retire. And I don't think – you know, he's literally walking – like he's walking into the first overall pick. Yep. So whatever. I I, I think Urban's going to walk into a good situation. He gets to build it from the ground up and doesn't have that pressure because they're basically full on rebuild. Uh, obviously, we we know that they trade away every bit of like talent they pretty much had or cornerstone pieces to get more picks. So um, he's going to have his chance. I'm I'm a little weary of it, but you're right. He does come in and change the culture. I think um, my level of weary was mostly because he's done it in college and he changes the culture by being like extremely strict and i don't know that that works very well in the pros because these are obviously grown men and yeah. professionals so we'll see how that 
kind of balance works out. But obviously, you already know in Columbus, we love us some Urban Meyer, and he did make an immediate impact. So um, the year in between Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer, the Buckeyes went six and seven, and immediately the first year when Urban Meyer was here, uh, Ohio State won twelve and zero. So if we're talking about impact, it's going to be immediate um, and it's going to be swift. Yeah. Um, And then we talked about uh, who we thought Deshaun Watson would be suiting up for. And I'm growing less and less confident by the day. I was trying to, you know, exude confidence. And I think my cousin was too um, saying maybe there's still a chance at the Texans. I, I, I did have the caveat. If not, I think it's between the dolphins and jets I don't know if you have a what, – what's your hunch? Where do you think Deshaun's going to be suiting up next year? Uh, I have no clue. I'm going to guess Miami if I had to. It's going to be interesting because, like, uh, they're both AFC East teams. So if it does come down to those two teams, if they'll create some kind of bidding war because, like, not only could you potentially lose out on a franchise cornerstone, but then you'd have to face them twice a year for the next – you know, decade. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I totally. Agree. All right, now we're on to this week's picks, and it is a Super Bowl theme this week. Um, I wanted to do some uh, prop bets, and then get your pick on who you think is going to win uh, Super Bowl Fifty Five. So uh, obviously, this is the first time ever a team has played in their home stadium. Uh, Tamp- the Super Bowl is in Tampa, and the Bucks. Despite that, are three-point underdogs to the Chiefs. I mean, that's pretty it's not too big of a, a line for a Super Bowl. But um, before we get your pick for the game, let's go through some of these prop bets. And I want to do some of the fun ones because I know there's like over-unders on yards and stuff like that and MVP and all that. Um, I'm just going to get your MVP pick after we make our game picks. So first up. The weekend's halftime show. I'm a big weekend fan. I don't know if you even like him or not, but I love that he's performing. Wardrobe changes over under is set at just a half. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna do. It. I say I'm gonna go under here. I because I feel like I don't remember. I feel like last year was was at Maroon Five and Travis Scott, and I'm thinking like maybe he won't bother with that, but it could be. Wrong. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think he does one. I mean, I don't know why anyone would think he doesn't. It's he, isn't he spending like twelve million dollars? I got yeah, to imagine a, a lot of his own money to make I got, sure. It's, yeah, I got to imagine a fucking wardrobe change is occurring. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> I've, I've I might, never, I've never going to do like twelve. Yeah, now. I've never spent over a thousand dollars on anything without a wardrobe change occurring. So I can't imagine he doesn't. <laughs> true. True. Okay, songs. The over under set at eight. Over. No, I'm going over. I'm, I'm going, going under. Over. I'm going, going under. under. Okay. I, I'm going. Is it eight and a half or eight? It's just that eight is what I found. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna say it's eight. Wow. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's eight exactly. That's a bolt. You should put money on that because I'll make like that, I'll make a bet with you. I'll make you a pizza bet. If it's exactly eight, you owe me a pizza. If it's not exactly okay. eight, I'll buy you a pizza. Deal. All right. Locked in. We're in. Locked in. Okay. Um, your take for first song performed by the weekend during his halftime show um the favorite right now at four to one is blinding lights next is heartless at six to one in your eyes is at seven to one Starboy is at 15 to two uh can't feel my face is at nine to one um and then it goes 
the field for what it's worth is at three to one. So that's pretty good. That's actually the favorite. I, the way it was written, it was like the field was not the best odds, but you can get the field for three to one. What do you got? I don't even know if you're a weekend fan. You never answered. Uh, oh, I didn't. I thought I did actually. I, I loved early the weekend. I know this okay. is going to seem funny, but like, this is not a, a sweet brag, but like, I liked the weekend when people didn't really know who he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but like when he like House of Balloons was sick. Yeah. Like that was one of my I, favorites I, still. Yeah. And he used like beach houses and st- he used like beach house music and stuff like that. Like Thursday was amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, it was just so good. Like and then Echoes of Silence was good. All that stuff was yeah. good. I do love him. Everything up to Trilogy was great. I hope he does something. I'm not a Kiss Land and After fan. Like, I didn't okay. like Beauty Behind the Madness. I do love The Weeknd. I think he's a rare talent. Um, it's very unique. I do think he'll actually go with an old song first. Okay. So you're going with the field. Yeah, I'll take the field. I, I I'm going to go, that, I'm gonna go with Blinding that, Lights. Really? I, I think that he loves old The Weeknd. Like, deep in my heart, I feel like he's yeah. like, Trilogy is like, that's my shit. I Everything. saw him in concert, by the way. He sounds just like the record. And you could tell he was singing, obviously. Like, I know you, it's like you can obviously tell when someone is or isn't. He sounds incredible live. Oh, yeah. No, he can sing. Yes. Okay. Uh, I know this is a popular one. Length of the National Anthem. Uh, the National Anthem is being done by Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. And the over-under is set at... 120.5 seconds so essentially it's set at two minutes if you whether you think it's gonna go over or under under i have no idea how long the actual national is. it's so i think like every trend goes for under every once in a while i actually feel like the two having two makes it more likely it's gonna go under because it's like not like you're gonna harmonize and go crazy with that last note to take it over two minutes so i'm gonna go with under two yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like I said, I didn't know. It shouldn't how, take how long that long to answer your I mean, question. Like, it should not be the national anthem is shouldn't take two minutes. It's only ever when you get like, and obviously hers is one of the best in history. But like a Whitney Houston that's gonna like carry out every note. Okay, yeah, then yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'll hammer the under. I'm so, I feel safe. I thought this was a unique one and one I feel pretty confident about, but the over under for a number of Super Bowl commercials that reference first responders or healthcare workers, it's set at three. Over, over, over. yeah. I thought over. that was a crazy line. I was like, That's I over. feel like every single one is going to. We're gonna hit ten, easy. Yeah, and easy. I think three is like easy by first quarter. It just needs to reference first responders or healthcare workers and not just yes. even be like two of them. Oh, 10. Easy. Yeah. At 110%. Bet your life. Everybody who's listening to this that owns a home, take a reverse yeah. mortgage out, throw it on the <laughs> over, and if you end up homeless, you can live with me. That it's, is. It's, a- it's GameStop. It's GameStop right yeah, now, baby. It's, it's to hot. To the moon. To the moon. It's GameStop, AMC, Dodgecoin all put together in one. Yeah, that is one of those things. Oh, my God. That would be so fucking funny. Okay. The over-under is set at 56 and a half points. You taking the over-under? Over, or under over, for, over, yeah, over. Yeah, me too. I think it's like it would be crazy if somehow both defenses showed up and shut down both these historic quarterbacks. 
I actually think it's 31-28. That's my guess for the final score. So I was like, when I think of an over-under, I start around that area and I try to think of like, oh, what would be a possible score for that? And that was like, I want to say that was like the exact score. I was like, okay, 31-28 still puts you over. I actually think maybe I'll I'll go like, if I had to go with something weird, I'd go 31-29. but like I think someone goes for two somewhere like early. I don't know what happens. There, there are odds for that too. You like you can take a um, odds on whether someone does attempt a two point conversion. Yeah. So, but that is yeah. I'm taking the over easy. I I mean I I'm still three for the first responders. I can't even go down the street without <laughs> seeing three signs. Yeah. Like, so that's so the over. My company, the company I work for right now, has zero to do with first responders. Z- nothing. They do literally nothing for us. We put out a billboard just saying thank you first responders from and then my company. And I was just like this. OK. Like so yeah. I, 100% this is going way over. That's like the lock of the lock of the yeah. prop bets. Lock of the century. That's I bet my life savings on that. So it's time for the actual game pick. Who you got? Chiefs versus Buccaneers. Give me the Bucks. You got the Bucks, okay? Yeah, I think that defense is legitimately scarier than people think. And uh, I guess for MVP, can I give? Yeah. Can I cop out and give two? Sure. Okay, Why I'm gonna not? go. There's with, no rules. I'm gonna go with Mike Evans. Okay. Or Jason Pierre-Paul. Wow. I think I like JPP might look. get like three sacks. Andy Reid's offense loves shifting coverage and rolling someone out. And yeah. do I think JPP is the guy they shift towards? No. Do I think JPP can chase him down and get like a strip sack? Yeah, I think he gets like two or three sacks. That and if he if he gets a strip sack that turns into a touchdown and wins on the game, I think that's how that's his path to MVP. And I also think Mike Evans is about to go off. I think he's. You're about to see some weirdo shit. He's gonna be bonkers. I like the Evans pick, and I think you can get pretty decent odds on that one too. Yeah, I would have to check that out, but I would probably put some money. Um, I am actually going with the uh, Chiefs to repeat this year. Um, and not to say I don't respect the Buccaneers' defense, I just think it's like every week I seemingly think someone's gonna measure up to this passing attack, but they still carve up every single defense they face. And it's like, who's covering Tyreek Hill? How are you going to... They still disguise coverages and try to try to contain him, and he still takes the top off the defense. And then if they somehow put extra on Tyreek, then you leave the middle of the field for Travis Kelsey. And that's and how you Nicole wind up with Hartman. him being... Yes. And yeah, Sammy Nicole Watkins. Hartman. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. It's, a, it's, it's like they traded for all the fastest players in Madden. Yes, exactly. They sorted by speed and did a fantasy draft. Yep, and 100%. There's my childhood right there. So I'm going with the Chiefs <laughs> and a very cop-out. But I think if the Chiefs win, it's uh, I think if you're going for a long shot, like defensive one, I love the Tyron Matthew or, or Jones pick uh, yeah. to kind of go with your trend with defense line. But I'm going with the cop-out in Mahomes because there's no way, like, they're already calling him, you know, we talked about it earlier, baby goat or, like, future goat. It's like they're not going to not give it to him. It's like an offensive trophy. So I'm going with Mahomes. It's a cop-out, I know. But for long shot picks, I'll go 
Honey Badger or Jones. All right. I'll, uh, I like Honey Badger because I think Brady could try and loft one over the middle to Gronk. Yeah, get, I mean, he did just pick. come off three picks. so uh, Yeah, very Jameis-like. If there was someone I I picked to throw picks, I would think it'd be Brady would be more likely to throw an interception than Mahomes, which means obviously Mahomes is going to have a, a shitty yeah. game somehow because I just jinxed him. All right. Well, good. I hope so because I've just bet on JPP <laughs> to win Super Bowls. <laughs> JPP, baby. Yeah. Came a long way. JPP for MVP. I'm saying right here. Let's call it out. What are you feeling lately, man? Uh, well, Julie and I are in the process of buying a home, and I'm feeling not this process. This is a nightmare. Okay. Like, I'm feeling so reverse what you're feeling. Yeah. What am I feeling? Despondent. That's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> Upset and hopeless. Uh, it's just crazy. The market's insane right now where we are like where she wants to be near new york um people are coming in with from new york with cash and just closing on houses in a week so there's not even any debating or anything like that so it's they're just saying like fuck the inspection even yeah straight up people are offering cash right off the bat and just being like we'll fix whatever problem i mean the money they were spending to live in new york city is substantially more so they whatever problems they have they can fix but yeah, so I, you know, honestly, I'm, what am I feeling? I'm feeling getting a fixer upper and just fucking fixing it myself. I do watch a lot of HGTV. It doesn't mean I'm a pro, but I've always like that'd be cool to be on one of those shows because they make the houses like look incredible on them. Did you how do many you watch times a fixer upper at all? Oh, Which, absolutely. Yeah, they're that's so my fucking likable. It's that's, like unbelievable how likable they are. Did you know they don't that stuff that's in the house? The people don't get to keep. Yeah, uh, so. My wife actually read, I think it was Joanna's book, and I think it's like extra if they if you want to yep. keep this. And then the other fact that she learned is Chip and Joe do not have a TV in their home, so they never style a house with a TV. Oh, interesting. And that's going to blow your mind because you're going to notice when they take the tour, there's never going to – I think there's maybe one episode I saw a TV because the person was like, I got to have my TV or something like that. Yeah, but no. But like every 100%. single one they do – it like the furnitures i guess just pointed at each other like i don't know what else you pointed at but uh they find a way that that's pretty odd i i would love to go no tv honestly i'd love to live that lifestyle i would hate it i i couldn't Ugh. do it couldn't do it uh so how many times have you heard oh it'll work what's meant to be will work out and how many times have you had to punch said people a hundred hundred percent right yeah like you don't want to hear that shit like i made a rule to myself like people mean well obviously like, oh, what's it's going to work out what's meant to work out. It's like, I think we need to set this expectation that you don't say that to someone who's fucking frustrated with the housing market and been trying for a long time. Can we all agree, like, hey, let's save that for the end when they actually have the house and they can reflect, like, actually on it? Yeah. I think like we probably agree with me there. We fell. We walked into a house, fell in love with it, walked yeah. out. My mom is our real estate agent. So like wow. I we literally drove her. So I was like we walked out, my mom called the lady, they had already accepted an offer. I was like I was like how did they accept an offer? We walked out of this house 45 seconds. It's un- unbelievable. I remember the frustration. So listen, you won't hear it out of me. It fucking does suck. So a yeah. reverse what you feeling, but at least we'll it's see. building to the future. I I have faith. I'm going to stay positive. You know, positive in everything except sports so i i gotta keep it keep that yeah, same energy. well i need all the energy and i need uh more money so i'll take energy Listen, good energy and money columbus is available to you i keep keep telling you man i could live in a mansion in columbus like you absolutely absolute. could 
you absolutely could it's uh it's a beautiful thing what are you feeling i'm feeling uh so it seems kind of harsh to be doing this to you but um my wife and i organized our closet with one of those systems it's like Harsh in the sense, like I'm talking about my home while you. Yeah, were... so cool, so fun. Yeah, glad yeah, your so house like, is doing. You said fuck nice. off, yeah. <laughs> so we got one of those systems from IKEA, uh, like with the double clothes rack, the drawers, the whole nine yards. If you ever, just kind of a PSA, if you ever want to f- not feel that urge to do that, do not watch a show called The Home Edit on Netflix because if you do watch that, you will feel the urge to literally. They call it edit everything, but like yeah. that's the first step. But don't watch that if you want to avoid like organizing your whole entire life. Do but they just wanted uh, to? Do they on the home edit? Do they do like just organization? Yeah, so it's a really cool show. I like that type of stuff. Like we just talked about HGTV, so kind of in the same vein. But they're these two business partners who first started with like I think an Instagram account. And then built a huge following, including celebrities. So they just blew up. They have this whole business. Yeah. Uh, the episodes are like focused on a room. So they do like one celebrity and one uh, just family, you know, like one of us, us yeah. normies, I guess. So like Poor people. Yes, exactly. So like the celebrities will do like their fancy ass closets where they're bigger than our whole houses. And the regular folk will be like, can you organize my kitchen? And it'd be like maximizing yeah. all the space. But, I have 90 uh, boxes big. of pasta. Can you exactly. please help me? But they're big on, uh, I think they're, the system they prefer is at the container store, and we were ready to buy that system, but then we kind of researched some more. We went with an Ikea one. It's not a sponsor unless you container store, Ikea, get at me, baby. What it do, baby? I'm willing, yeah. I'm willing to endorse whoever. I'm a free agent, baby. Yeah, but whatever anyway, works. I'm feeling that. It's very organized, very appealing. Our goal was to get like everything into one area because we had like – other areas where we had random stuff so um, this helped us do that very boring and um very like covet appropriate like everybody's organizing their house like or apartments sorry i don't mean to be yeah yeah i get it i fucking get it (laughs) anyway wrap it up wrap it up (laughs) all right time for too much sense you know i like to finish each episode so this week my advice that you didn't think you needed I think I came to this realization that I think some people want credit in any kind of relationship just for being present. So when you're present for a loved one, that's the bare minimum. And it's it's what's expected being in that love loved one's life and part of the territory. You don't get a pat on the back just for showing up. That breeds complacency. So in 2021, let's raise the bar. And remember, don't do things just for praise. That comes from your actions and if you're truly good doing good it's going to get noticed but stop thinking of just showing up as like the big pat on the back moment it's actually being there for someone the showing up part is the easiest because that's what's expected so that's not too much sense yeah i'm it's good advice honestly it's i try to heed that so i mean you know i can't I can't even chime in on your too much sense because you're just right. Like there's, there's just there's zero debate about it. Like there's just zero debate. Well, that does it for another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. Thomas, I want to thank you for joining me, man. It was good uh, having you on. It's been a while, so appreciate you joining. Yeah, I'm da- I'm down to do these whenever. I just have to, I guess, do more research on Scott Rowland before our next podcast. <laughs> Scott. 
came woefully unprepared. Scott Rowland may be public enemy number two besides Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I have no idea who the fuck Scott Rowland is. <laughs> Scott Rowland, if, if he walked into my like house right now, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's Scott Rowland. Like, I feel like no one knows no. what he looks like, but whatever. Like, he want an autograph? Like, of what? Who are you? Um, yeah, why would I want your autograph? He's just carrying around eight golden <laughs> gloves. He's like, I've won eight golden gloves. Okay, sure. Sure, sure thing, Scott. Your name was sure Scott? thing, Scott. Okay. Yeah, not buying that. You played for the Cardinals. You were a football player or a baseball player. Get your story straight, bud. Almost a Hall of Famer, Scott Rowland, and probably the title of this episode of Her Being Real. (laughs) All right. Thank you, number one podcast listeners. Appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you next time.